0: At the beginning of each podcast episode, hosts will typically read an ad for another company, but we're going to take this opportunity to promote and plug what we're building. We are building an AI-powered app that's going to be your personal mindset coach. Think about it as if you had a therapist in your pocket, one that will help you get to know who you really are, process your emotions, and make sense of your thoughts the app launch waitlist is back live and it's on our website for convenience we also left the link in the show notes it's very simple all you gotta do is put your name and email address and you're signed up for the waitlist so you'll be the first to know when we launch and also you'll be the first to be able to actually test it for now here's a clip from this week's episode
1: we talk a lot about financial security and Mm -hmm. having a job and making money but and that's that's the story that I would also tell my parents like oh you know I have a good job and getting paid well but I wouldn't tell them about like the sexual harassment all the different comments that people made the racism like that's not security so like sure you have maybe a, a regular paycheck but like you're not being treated well and you are probably selling yourself short because you don't have people that believe in you so leaving even if it is with a plan or without a plan could unlock other opportunities that you give you a bit more security and that you feel safer in that space.
0: Dímelo, dímelo mi gente, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Can podcast brought to you by Plural. On this podcast, we have a different guest each week. Join us for a conversation around the conflict that they have experienced between professionalism and authenticity. Speaking of guests, this week's guest is Ana, a.k.a. Ana Pawau as you may know her on social media, including TikTok and Instagram, where her clips and videos go viral. Ana is a first-generation Mexican-American raised in Sacramento, California, and she's been creating content for years. When she moved to New York in 2021, she was in a bit of a creative slump and actually resorted to TikTok for entertainment, as we all do. Like many of us, she would scroll through TikTok and realized that she didn't see many people that looked or sounded like her. So she thought, like many of us do, why don't I just make one for myself? And she did just that, not only making it for herself, but doing it in her own voice. The first time I even came across her profile was actually the first time on TikTok that I heard someone speaking in Spanglish which sounds so basic, right? You think we do this in our real life, why not do this when we create content? But you gotta realize a lot of people weren't and still aren't doing it, at least in my algorithm. She posted her first TikTok in July, 2021, and the rest is history. She's got over 150,000 followers, and these days she's known as everybody's favorite Spanglish speaking prima. Her and I have been following each other for quite a bit, We've exchanged a couple messages back and forth, but this is actually the first time that we've ever met in person. That's right, y'all. Internet friends can become real friends. That said, now that you know a little bit about the podcast and this week's guest, let's get into this dope conversation. All right. Well, I always ask people, what does the word authenticity mean to them? Right. It's such a it's such a buzzword.
1: Yeah.
0: But for you, when you hear the word, like what does it mean to you?
1: I knew you were gonna ask this. So I yeah. did think about it. <laughs> and it's such, cause even when I Googled it, what does authenticity mean? It's like, oh, the state of being authentic or something like that. And it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> when they this use the like, word, I hate when people do that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> they use okay, the I mean, you define. don't know what this means. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I tried to break it down further and I was like, okay, so what does being authentic even mean? Mm-hmm. And it means so many different things. And I feel like being authentic is like an art. And it leads okay. to conversation, which is why we're here. And yeah. so I would say being or showing more of who you are when no one's watching or when you think no one's watching okay, is authenticity. So, like, the quirky things that you do when you're living alone or just okay. by yourself. the Sometimes you, like, burst out into songs. Sometimes you have, like, super strong opinions or whatever weird habits you do. Like, showing a little bit of that in your... Normal day to day. I think that's authenticity.
0: You you're speaking about it as if you're talking about someone else. Are you talking about yourself? Like, are you quirky?
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: So what is what are some other like adjectives that you would use to describe the person that you are when no one's watching?
1: I'm very playful.
0: Playful. Okay.
1: But it, it also depends on the day. Like, sometimes I just sit and do nothing. So I can, okay. I call it, like, my rotting days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> rotting? I
1: just like to rot.
0: Well, are, are I, you going bad? Like, we have to throw you out. Like, what do you mean? <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. Like, leave me alone, don't touch me, and I'll reemerge as, like, <laughs> you, a usable, functional human again.
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So it can be, you know, you're a bit more mellow. You Sometimes I burst out into song. And it just doesn't make any sense. What
0: kind of songs do you burst out to? <laughs> Is there a beat in the background? You're just singing no, randomly. No, I just
1: like my husband can. So sing like
0: it. you and your husband are like watching a TV show. You're just like
1: it's raining, man.
0: Sometimes.
1: Like- <laughs> so every I don't know why, and this has happened since I was a little girl. I wake up with a song stuck in my head every single morning. I can't explain it. I don't know why. And I even had a thread with one of my best friends of like, oh, this is the song that I woke up to. And I haven't listened to in years. But for whatever reason, it just like pops into my head. And I, my mom used to babysit little kids. So growing up, we had, you know, a or whatever. So we would constantly just watch like Disney movies and different like cartoons and sing-alongs. And somehow these songs that I haven't heard in like over 20 years pop into my head and I just like... Dan, my husband, thinks it's funny now, so I'll just be like, oh, this is what I'm <laughs> listening to now. And he's just like, oh, God. And I'll find it on YouTube and I'll play it. And he's just like, w- like, why? <laughs>
0: also, these are songs from your childhood that yeah. pop up in your head. Yeah. Do, are there, are there like, associated memories to each of those songs?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're usually good. They're not like, oh, I woke up and I'm so depressed because of this. Song. Right, it's right, right.
0: Like Interesting. Wait, so I, right, so that version of yourself that is like breaking out into song or let's say quirky or any of these things, like, do you think you were allowed to be that version of yourself grown up?
1: Yes and no. I think my so I have an older sister and a younger sister, okay, and my older sister, well, both of my sisters are very creative, like they're they paint, draw, sing, play the so guitar, jealous. like. I know. So am I. I. I.
0: I wish I could paint. Yeah. Or like like people. You know how people be like, oh, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Flying, invisible. I just want to draw. Yeah. That's it.
1: I know. I yeah. tried. I really did. I was like, oh, if they can, I can too. Oh. I'm really? okay, but I would never just sit and like you tell me to draw something and I can just draw it without yeah. looking at it. Like, I can't. But my sisters can. Mm. So check out my little sister, Canvas and Curls. <laughs> That's really her thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I, will. I will. I will. Okay. It's really good. So they were very, it was, like, very normal to be musical and to just express yourself. And Mm. my dad also plays guitar, so. Oh, no way. And sings. So that, I guess that side was always, like, encouraged. But the side to, like, speak up and ask questions and be curious and, like, try to pursue whatever extracurricular activity you would have wanted to pursue, that wasn't really, like, allowed.
0: So from a young age, like, you were curious and asking a lot of questions, just that type of child. Yeah. How did that go in conflict of, like, some of the expectations that people had for you growing up?
1: So I grew up very religious. Some would call it a cult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I won't name it, but I... My entire childhood was just geared towards serving in that community, so... Mm. A lot of the questions I had and the curiosity I had, that like anyone would have, you sure. know, as a kid trying to figure out life and explore it, mm-hmm. were shut down or were. Sh- I was shamed for, like, why are you thinking this way? Like, you know, where is this going to lead you? That mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I did feel like I had to hold back or keep quiet or not show or I- express any interest in certain things that I did have interest in because they were deemed bad or, mm. you know, pagano or del diablo, lo que sea. Yeah. So, yeah, that's side I had to sort of keep hidden.
0: Do you think some of that had to do with you being a woman as well, or was that just like across the board?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even in the religion, like women didn't have a voice. It was very much led by men and the expectation, like if you asked any woman what they strived to be when they grew up or when they finally found a husband, it was like, oh, I wanna be the husband's partner to like, help him mm. get to that next level. So it was never like, oh, I wanna be this and I, I wanna have pursue something that I'm proud of that I can challenge myself on. It was just being a compliment to the male.
0: Was that a comfortable feeling and direction for you?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Definitely not.
0: Like, never? Like, you never bought into the idea? or
1: I think, and of course, I'm so removed from it now, so it's... The stories that I tell myself about it now are probably not what I was feeling at the time, but sure, sure. I remember just looking at the life that my parents had, and I, I don't want to speak, you know, badly on them, but mm-hmm. I would look at them and just be like, this is not the life I want sure. at all. And so yeah. I... Yeah, I never dreamt about, like, living within the scope of that religion long term. Yeah. And I, I actually, like, did end up getting married at 18 because that was just sort of what happened. That's like, you dated really young, you got married young, and then you just lived your small life, and that was it.
0: So what, life did you dream about?
1: Typical girly trying to move to New York
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sex in the city yeah, I actually
1: never watched Sex in the City, but I mean, New York is in every movie, every I mean, story, whatever. Yeah. so it, that was always a dream, but in general, just traveling, traveling, seeing the world um,
0: like what when you, when you dream like what were some of the um destinations that you were just like, I want to visit that place. I want to see like what is it what is it about traveling?
1: I just I loved the idea of being somewhere where you didn't speak the language you didn't know anybody like the thought of just going and like maybe having to fend for yourself i was so enamored with
0: having to fend that's just a crazy visual is that
1: like yeah (laughs) that's sort of how it feels obviously it's not that dramatic when you actually travel but that is sort of what it feels like and i think i i yearn for that like independence because i didn't have that It was so just like, here are the rules. They're already set for you. You have to fit within this mold. You don't have the ability to dream or think outside the box, like that's discouraged. So to me, traveling was probably like a way out of, or daydreaming about travel was like the ability that I had to actually feel like I was escaping.
0: Yeah, you can also create like a brand new persona or like it's like a rebrand every city if you really wanted to, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the, the equivalent of, like, sometimes when people go to college, they get to, like... Start over. Yeah, start over. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Start over. That's a, That's interesting, because, like, when you said fend for yourself, I thought of it as such, a, like, a, a scary phrase. It was just, like, surviving in, the, I don't know, the <laughs> jungle or something like that. But the way that you put it, it was just, like, yeah, even if I was surviving, that was the first time I get to finally do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Sort of, like, call my own rules. Was that when you finally did decide to to do that was it was it to new york
1: was it to like to travel to new york
0: well well, when you finally like moved was it to move to new york
1: oh so i no i so i got married at 18 and then i was still like part of the religion Mm -hmm. and then i finally was like i can't do this anymore got divorced at 22 left the religion at the same time and then that's when i started to feel like i could Mm -hmm. live my life and actually do the things that i wanted to do so the first thing on my list was travel. And I had done little trips around the US, and then of course I got an opportunity for a job to, to travel. And it was within California at first.
0: weird job was to travel? Yeah. What'd you do?
1: I, this is gonna sound so weird. So there was a two parts to it. I was a mystery shopper for the Medi-Cal program in, so Medicaid in California is called Medi-Cal. So I would go in and pretend to be a beneficiary, a Medi-Cal beneficiary, just to see how they would treat me. Okay. So that's, it was so interesting. Okay. So that was the first piece to it. And I would travel around California and then I became an auditor. So I would go around and like actually audit the people that were providing services
0: interesting okay and then it
1: turned into a more like nationwide thing so i was able to travel to different cities in the us and then my first big international trip was to argentina and i went i started off the trip with a friend and then i ventured out by myself yeah and that was it was like 22 23 i don't know
0: was was that was that scary kind of like being on your own it was it
1: was it, it i knew that i was ready but I was so terrified, but I just kept telling myself, like, you can do hard things, like do things that you're afraid of, that sort of thing. And um, there were some uncomfortable moments, but overall I enjoyed myself so much. I met people that I'm still friends with to this day. And I learned just how to like trust myself. Yeah, I just hadn't really had the, the chance to do that.
0: Well, even even scary is like stepping away from a relationship and a lifestyle that you've been taught that that was what you should be striving for. I heard some people even refer to, like, um, you know, divorces, the, the scary feeling of, like, le- letting go of a title, right, mm-hmm. or, like, seeming like a quitter, even though, like, it's a very healthy thing to step mm-hmm. away from a situation that you've outlasted or whatever it is. Um, I'm assuming that was kind of scary as well.
1: Oh, yeah, it was.
0: And stepping away from the, the religion, which is, like, a community in itself as well, which also you've been, like, grown up with. That must have been terrifying.
1: Yeah, I when I left, I knew that I would lose pretty much everything I had known. Because it's if you leave, you're essentially shunned, and even your family is pretty much held to the standard that they shouldn't talk to you. So when I walked away, I had to just fully start over. Like I, my the friends and the life that I knew was just gone and some people like tried to check in but it wasn't to actually check in on me as a person it was like oh let's try to get you back Mm. so that quickly turned into these are conversations that i don't want to be having like what's your actual intention what are your motives like i'd rather not have this conversation now so i was just like you have to put yourself out there but it's also like the the beauty of being so young and not having all these like limitations that we put on ourselves I was it was the, the worst time of my life but like the happiest time of my life because I felt so free what do you and mean? I felt like I could just finally talk to anybody because it was if you t- you know if you talk to people that weren't part of the religion it was you know they're they're pagan they're part of the world like you, you can't you shouldn't be friends with them you shouldn't talk to them they're gonna make you question your faith, and that's not what we want. So I was finally like, oh, everyone can be my friend now. Like, the, whole, the world is my oyster. And I sort of did treat it in that way. Like, I, thankfully, I'm not, like, super shy or anything, so I was able to, like, start conversations with anyone that I encountered. But, was, and, but
0: that must have been weird, though. Oh, yeah. Because you've been trained for so long to, like, see people that aren't within your close group a certain way, and then you are, like... Oh, wait, no, I can I can't make friends. Wait, this is really fun. Let yeah. me keep making more friends or whatever, right?
1: And like, I always just felt like, oh, someone's going to come get me and, and rip me away from this and tell me that I'm bad.
0: Really? Every
1: day I would wake up with, like, oh, I'm, I'm bad. I'm doing something bad. Wow. And just the fear of, like, oh, my, you know, my dad's going to call me and, and say something or, like, someone from the organization or the church or whatever is going to call and and tell me that I'm being bad and, and try to, like, shun me again.
0: When did you stop having those, when did you stop telling yourself those stories?
1: Ooh, it took a while. Probably, like, five years ago, it finally stopped.
0: What, what was it?
1: Mm, I think it was, a lot of it is just growing up and realizing, like, people that you held on a pedestal or that you thought were on a pedestal they're also just human they don't know anything they're figuring it out too and just getting closer to the age that they were in your head of when you thought they like knew it all or had any sort of power over you once you get closer to that age i think you just sort of are equal to them in a way and so you're just like oh yeah your opinion doesn't matter anymore like the the power that you had over me is is no longer, it doesn't affect me as much. And so it, I was able to just sort of like brush it off.
0: That must have felt like a sigh of relief though.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it got to the point where like, I didn't like, and I, I grew up in Sacramento, so that's where I moved from, but it got to the point where like, I didn't like going, even 10 years later, I didn't like going to certain places because I knew that I was going to run into somebody and that they were going to look at me bad or that I was going to be made to feel inferior or that I, was, you know, wasn't, that I was other. I don't know. It was a, a very strange feeling. And my now husband at the time, boyfriend, was very supportive, thankfully. And was just like, you know, if, if you feel like at some point you have to leave or you see somebody that you don't want to see, like, just let me know. We can work through it or we can leave it's totally up to you
0: so that must have been something that even you probably felt weird explaining to people oh
1: yeah
0: right like imagine well not imagine like i could imagine you you going out with your now husband and y'all are going out and you're trying to explain certain certain situation and he's like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) like like, oh that's that's
1: an old family friend go say hi yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah
0: yeah like that's a that's a it, it takes it like it's dope that he made you feel comfortable and safe enough to be able to have those conversations because it is difficult to explain to someone that may not be in it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's one when i when I finally got divorced and I was eventually pursuing like a different relationship, I made a list, as everyone should, of things that I wanted in my next partner. and one of them was like, they have to have had like a very religious childhood just to understand where I'm coming from. And so thankfully he did as well, not to the extreme that I experienced, but he understood like, Oh, not wanting to see certain people or just, you get, um, you just, you start drinking the Kool-Aid and then you realize like, wait, what? And once you're out of it. And so he totally understood and, and backed me up on a lot of the feelings that I was having. So I felt safe enough to actually explain it to him. And not feel like I was being judged or yeah. being told that I was crazy or anything, which is
0: yeah. great. So yeah. back, back to, like, you being in a certain situation and, and looking outward, and you're just like... I think it's so dope that at such a young age you were just, like, dreaming about possibilities. And, like, one of those things were, were traveling. What about career-wise? Like, was it... Did you ever dream about, like, I really want to do X, Y, and Z? Or was it just, like, I just want to be in a certain city and I don't give a f- what I do in there?
1: Well that's a good question. I haven't been... So, like every other kid, marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you dreamed of. No, when I was like eight, you know, it's like I,
0: I never dreamed about that. Oh really? <laughs> no, it's like
1: even a thing on TikTok. Like, why did everyone want to be a marine oh, biologist? Oh really? I didn't see yeah, that. yeah. I did not become a marine biologist. <laughs> I did get scuba certified. That's close enough. But you know, yeah. we'll count it.
0: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go into anything that like made me money. So I was like investment banking. Well. Oh.
1: Yeah. I I don't so. I didn't really have examples of like, oh, this is the life that I want to be living. Right. So I don't think I had like a specific career of like if you do this and you're gonna make money and you're gonna unlock XYZ. I don't right, think right, I right. quite had it figured out on that level, but I just knew I wanted like flexibility. At first I wanted an office job, because you know how coveted those were <laughs> growing up with, you know, our parents that didn't have that experience, so right. it was always just like, get an office job, get benefits. What
0: does an office job mean to you? Like, I mean, literally having well, an office? Yeah, yeah,
1: like going into an office and.
0: Oh, just the idea of going into like.
1: The idea of going into an office and working nine to five and not having to like clean houses or yeah. work construction, which is what my parents did.
0: I remember having. I remember having an office used to be, like, a goal, too. Yeah. But now everyone has these, like, open floor space plans where, like, (laughs) no one has an office anymore.
1: Yeah, you have. It's
0: really weird. It is. I remember, like, the corner office was, Mm -hmm. like, a thing with the nice view. That's not a thing anymore. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, like, the the goal is to work from home. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah, or a (laughs) coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Now it's, like, if you have to go to the office, it's, like, ugh. Get out of that job. Oh, what kind of job do you have? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. So I I'm trying to think, actually.
0: That makes sense, though. It's just, like, you, based on the representation that you see around you, that kind of dictates, like, oh, maybe I should go into that because that's what I know.
1: I did know I wanted to make money. That's for sure. And I didn't want, like, a man to take care of me. And so...
0: Why was that important to you?
1: Because I, my parents have a very, like, traditional dynamic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad did a lot and continues to do a lot. And my mom... It was a different time, but she just was never aware of what was going on financially. So like a lot of different things happened that were a complete surprise to her. And I'm just like, how do you not know that our van is getting repoed or that, you know, that we're about to lose a house. Like to me, it was just unfathomable that you're living this life with someone and you're not aware of what is affecting your day to day. And so to me it was like, one, I never want to be that, but I also want to have enough to where I'm safe and I have the ability to like provide for myself if anything happens. It was always just like a backup plan mentality. It,
0: it, it seems like you're very conscious of like wanting that independence and control rather. Maybe controls is a better word of your own Ooh, life.
1: Control, yeah. So control could be good or bad, but. Cause
0: so long you didn't have the control. So maybe yeah, the financial will let you have that ability to be like, it's kind of like uh, what people say like you money if like your job is treating you bad, <laughs> yeah. I got the money in the bank. I could leave. Yeah. Like I don't need to. I don't yeah, need this freedom. Yeah,
1: it's freedom. Totally free- That's how I look and at And maybe now. I think that everything that I now like strive for, or believe in, it always goes back to like the ability to have freedom. Yeah. I feel like I was caged for so long. So I I hold freedom to like a maybe a different standard than many others might. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then my x which i it's weird to even talk about cuz i haven't talked about him in so long but we don't have to. he i i was the main the sole provider oh, and he was just interesting. not contributing which was a factor in you know why i made my decision but i think i i also sort of like had to become uh i had to like value money and making mm-hmm. money cuz otherwise i just wouldn't survive and it, my parents weren't helping out or anything so I just had to learn how to like, again, fend for myself. Mm. there's a theme.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of themes. So, so earlier, earlier in your career, because you got it, you've worked in like a lot of different industries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Earlier in your career, what did your like corporate swag look like? How <laughs> <Corporate> you <laughs> dress up? <swag>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, God. it's so weird to even think that I wore heels to work. Cause I, I mean, I just rock, you know, Nikes or whatever I can now. But... So,
0: these, so you're a sneaker girl. Yeah. Okay. Definitely like, always been girl. a sneaker girl. Mm. That's, like, your comfort.
1: I wouldn't... So, I started off as, like, a Vans girl. Okay. And I thought... I had the skater vibe, That's but I was not a yeah. skater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I, I guess Vans maybe evolved to Converse... Okay. ...to Nikes, Adidas, like, all of that. So, may, maybe, but I did enjoy wearing heels and, like, dressing up and doing, like, the the... Twenty, how old were we when we started office? Like tw- two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like sure. trying to wear little pencil skirts and like
0: <laughs> with the pantyhose. <laughs> no, no, not pantyhose.
1: <laughs> no, not pantyhose. You did the pantyhose. But like button-up shirts. Thankfully, you had a pebble, the- <laughs> pebble
0: tops? Those are kind of fun. <laughs> right? I'm not gonna lie. To the club. Oh, yo, that was an era. Remember well, when didn't business you casual? That.
1: I would seriously go to the club. This is how like off the rails I went after. I finally found freedom. I would go to the club, party all night, and because I was already in like business <laughs> casual wear, I'd wear the same clothes to work.
0: Wait, but you went to work in that outfit? Yeah. And you wore the same thing the next day?
1: No, no, no. Like I, I went to the club in an outfit.
0: Oh, and then you went to work in <laughs> <and> the next <laughs> then day. Then I went to work. <laughs> That's fire. Oh my god. That's fire. And oh, then, and then different. people are like, "Oh my god, how was? what did you do last night? Oh, a bunch of laundry." And I would,
1: I would actually go out with coworkers, so we we would all just cover for each you other. You would
0: go out with coworkers oh, early yeah. in your career.
1: Oh yeah, really? we were feral.
0: We <laughs> <You> were feral. <laughs>
1: but it was so fun. I have no regrets. I that's, had a blast.
0: That's fascinating. Like,
1: for, we would I, start at happy hour.
0: I feel like so many people are like scared to like, for someone that was so just like you said caged up to feel uncomfortable even making friends and then you start working and you're just like Yo, we're You all are my going friend out. now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great like how did you even have that level of trust like you were just like yeah, it doesn't matter?
1: Yeah, again it goes back to like Like the... my mom
0: used to tell me not to go to happy hour because like they're pla- they're planning to like get so from me. I don't know, yeah.
1: I was just I probably was so naive that I didn't even think about the consequences of that. But it was I worked with a lot of Latinos who, I think, just oh, had a similar mindset as I did. Like, we're, we're here, we're, we're working hard, and we want to have fun at the same time. So let's just be friends. And I never felt like anything that I shared was going to be used against me. And it was only, you know, like, three or four coworkers that I would go out with and, like, actually trusted. Yeah. And it, yeah, it never, like, backfired, but...
0: Who was everyone else dressing in their, like, business casual fits?
1: Yeah, for the most part. That's funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everyone looking like uh, off-duty detectives. So did early on, it's interesting that early on you had the experience of working, like, around, let's say, a diverse workforce, mm-hmm. around people that may have similar interests in you. So I'm assuming, like, did you feel comfortable being yourself at work?
1: I did, I did. I think because I worked in, in such a diverse place i never felt like i couldn't be myself like i think and i I started off at a call center i know you and i had talked about this previously but i started off in a call center and i was 17 at this point so i was super young this was like my first full-time job i had previous part-time jobs but this was my first full-time job and it was a call center that serviced 14 different languages so there were people from everywhere, like literally everywhere. And some of the people that were there, this was their first job in the US. So I got to learn all kinds of languages, backgrounds. I got to try all kinds of cultural food that I still love to this day. So I never felt uncomfortable bringing my like leftover menudo or birria and having to explain what this like weird soup is, you know, it just wasn't like that. And there was a lot of Salvadorians there as well. So we would just, speak Spanglish and it was very normal to just show your culture. And even some of the managers were Latino or black or Asian. So it wasn't, yeah, I never experienced, thankfully, thankfully, the the pressure that a lot of people who are starting their first job feel when they're going into corporate and, and feeling like they can't be themselves or fame or any of that.
0: When did you start feeling like you couldn't be yourself? I got into tech. (laughs) I'm sorry, just for the people that that couldn't hear, what did you say?
1: (laughs) I said when I got into tech, but actually, I'll I'll take it back. So,
0: (laughs) speaking of dreaming,
1: right? That's the dream,
0: right? To get into tech.
1: It definitely was. Once I once tech started exploding more, I definitely that was the goal. So I pursued it until I finally got in. But um, so going back to the company that I worked for, where I I had started at the call center, I worked my way up, ended up in like quality assurance and a few other roles. Eventually ended up at the corporate level. So I worked on a team with a lot of white people. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I had the the tenure behind me of like I had been here. I think at that point like had been there seven years which is a long time very long time especially now at that point I was like okay I actually I know the company in and out I know what I'm talking about like I do belong here Mm -hmm. there was a a huge learning curve of course but I didn't feel like I didn't earn a seat at the table I did feel like I, I earned it but the conversations that the team would have I'm just like what are you even talking about or like it was just very foreign to me. And my boss was a white guy. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had ever had a white boss.
0: Wait, what was foreign? Like the the acronyms and the corporate sayings? like
1: That and just what they would talk about. Like the places that they would vacation and the things that they would eat. Oh. And that just wasn't the world that I came from. Like people didn't go and something and have like a summer in, you know, Europe or at Martha's Vineyard or try to explore these little towns and have... Family back east, like, that just wasn't a thing.
0: That's funny, because you've been working at the company for, like, seven years, and it's still the same company. Mm-hmm. You're just literally on a different floor.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And overseeing, like, a different side of projects. But it was still... Our customer is the same, right, you know? And right. it's just a different section of the business.
0: Well, that's interesting, too, just, like, even visually thinking about... Was a call center on, on a floor below? Some sort um, of floor below.
1: No. Well... I'm trying to remember the layout. I worked in... There were two buildings okay. in the same like city but separate. Yeah. So I had worked in one building, then I, was, I moved to the second one. But at that point, the team that I worked on was remote. Gotcha. So I would still okay. go into the other office just to have coworkers. But yeah. my boss lived in a different state. My team was spread out all over. And so gotcha. I would hear all these different experiences and people that would like go to the opera and i'm like
0: did uh did your call center friends treat you any differently because you worked at corporate now
1: yeah and i i didn't necessarily leave so i was still still in the mix my day-to-day didn't really change i could still go and have lunch with them if i wanted to and i would try and i would in my mind like nothing had changed and in my mind it's like oh we did it like if i eat you eat like let's you know let's do this but I would get approached with the like, ay, mira que fancy. Like, Yeah, yeah. con sus tacones. And I would travel a lot at that point. It's like, oh, you're just jet sitting. Like, here you go again.
0: Wait, so did you start, you started wearing heels when you went up to corporate? Like, did anything change? On and
1: off. Sometimes I would.
0: What started changing when, did you change at all? Like, when like you started I, went to I corporate? I I really okay.
1: didn't. I probably just became more reserved. That's the only thing that changed with my, the, the new team.
0: And why did you become more reserved?
1: Just the stories we tell ourselves that, oh, if I show any personality or culture, then they're not going to take me seriously. And I was also the youngest, so I was very in my head of like, oh, you have to appear more put together. But then, of course, again, like, it's all about the story we tell ourselves. I had these biases on who my boss was and who my team was. And as I started opening up, I was like, oh, this Freaking white guy, like, what is he gonna know? Mm-hmm. And I shared a little bit about like growing up Mexican and speaking Spanish. And he's like, Oh, no way! Like I, my, I put my daughters in like a full Spanish immersion program. Like I would love if you could speak to them or like you know what do you enjoy the most. He was so interested in learning more, and I'm just like, Oh my god! I
0: and like a genuine interest that you yeah. can tell. It's like yeah, yeah.
1: And I had pinned him as this you know stereotypical white dude. So. I had to train myself to just not assume the worst of everybody because yeah. people will surprise you and it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I think that's such an important thing to call out that mm, it is a story in our head that we create. And sometimes people, you know, they tell us certain things and we're like, oh, that's not a story. Like, you know, those situations exist. But yeah, a lot of times, the, the like, we can't predict the future. We don't know how people are going to respond to when we say what we did on the weekend or like say where we're from. and. Oftentimes, when we do make up those stories, it's never a good scenario. It's often, like, the worst-case scenario.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm glad that you had a positive experience. That's dope.
1: Yeah, it ended up being positive, and I'm, I'm still in touch with him and some of the other people that I have had worked with, and they end up becoming, like, my referral anytime I apply to a job or want any sort of yeah. good recommendation. So I'm very grateful for that time. It did get to the point, though, where they had told me, like, you can't really... Move up or pursue anything else unless you get a bachelor's degree. Mm. And at that point, again, going back to like the way that I grew up, the idea of going to a four-year university like that was not a thing. It was you dedicate that time to God and pursuing godly activities because that's just a waste of time. And so in my head, the idea of going to college was not there. I I had wanted to, but I just didn't think that was possible. So. When I left, I took some college courses and I liked it. But overall, it was just like very expensive. And I yeah. didn't, you know, didn't do like the financial aid route or anything.
0: I mean, the, and, dad, the level of debt is intimidating. It's yeah. scary. It Who's like, who wants to do that?
1: Yeah. And so I had been working for, I think at this point, like quality assurance. And so this was before like the corporate level. And I told myself, I want to be a personal trainer now.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: So I went to... I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I've lived so many many lives. But I pursued this, like, exercise science program. And it was one of... Through those, like, vocational schools that were very popular at the time, I signed up. I signed up for some loans. And it was, like, a 19-month program. And you would get an associate's with it. And they promised you, like, we'll help you find a job and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, yes, let me do this. I'm so sick of working where I'm working. This is my way out. I can make my own money, make my own schedule. And I loved it because I enjoyed, really enjoyed working out at the time. And all it did was just put me into student loan debt. And so I had the associates, but when I had that conversation with my boss at the corporate level, he was just like, I, if it were up to me, I, you know, I love the work that you do. I trust you. Like, I wish I could advocate for you more, but with the way that things are going with the VP and the president, like, they really want a team that's, like, well-educated. So if you want to sign up for this business degree, like, go and pursue this. And I was just like, I considered it. I did. But I'm like, I'm looking at all these people. I don't want their future. I don't want their jobs. I don't want to live life like them. So that's when I really had to, like, sit back and think about what I really wanted and what, if I did go to school, what would that look like? Did I have to go and pursue business or could I go and do... I don't know, marketing or something else. Mm-hmm. And I ended up also falling in love with video creation at the time. So I was I started mm-hmm. just diving into videography and taught myself how to use a camera and edit mm-hmm. and all of that. So I just said, I'm going to pursue videography <laughs> full time. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: So not for fun. Like, you wanted to do it for, like, you want to make money for it. Like, that was,
1: you wanted to make that a career. Yeah, it started off as fun. And I would just kind of record any vacation that I went on and make a video from that or I would help um, friends that were starting a business or that wanted some sort of promo video. Like my, my hot spot was around a minute, like of fun clips. Okay. And then I got some real estate videos under my belt and there really wasn't like a female videographer in my town at that time. So I was just like, ooh, I can dominate this market. What like year, let me- What year was this? Twenty. 20- 17. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Very cool.
1: And so I I talked to my boss and a few other people. They didn't really get it. And then of course, the the white people were just like, "Oh yeah, I think, you know, pursue your dreams." sounds like you have a good plan and then the the hispanic people that i talked to they were just like why are you leaving yeah. like this is you could you could stay here you could go into leadership like you yeah. could pursue you have benefits here like what no this makes no sense and so that's the cultural differences there and just uh operating out of like scarcity versus opportunity like yeah, it, yeah it was or even there.
0: even the idea of taking a risk yeah. like leaving something that is so secure like a job which May not even be that secure, look at all the layoffs these days, yeah. right? Versus having the I don't even know what adjective to use, but just to like chase your dreams. Yeah.
1: And even going back to your comment about like security. So yeah. we we talk a lot about financial security and mm-hmm. having a job and making money, but and that's that's the story that I would also tell my parents, like, Oh I you know, I have a good job and getting paid well. But I wouldn't tell them about like the sexual harassment, all the mm-hmm. different comments that people made, the racism, like That's not security. So like, sure, you have maybe a a regular paycheck, but like you're not being treated well and you are probably selling yourself short because you don't have people that believe in you. So leaving, even if it is with a plan or without a plan, could unlock other opportunities that give you a bit more security and that you feel safer in that space.
0: And we often don't talk about those experiences because we feel like people wouldn't understand. Like even if we talk to our family about it, Thing, we're like, that's it? Like, do you know what I had to go through?
1: Yes. I had a
0: friend on the show named Pedro. His manager was literally pulling his hair, telling him to cut it, and that it was unprofessional. He he ended up quitting that job, and his mom was mad at him for quitting. Imagine that. Like, Mio, that's it? Come on. Like, it's a joke. Like, you're getting paid, you still got bet, And all that kind of stuff. And then maybe we can't even tell our friends about it because they may have jobs where it isn't like your cool job. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a lonely experience sometimes. You don't have, you don't know who to talk to about it.
1: And even I I would travel alone sometimes for some of these work trips. And I had so many situations where I was so afraid and I had like no one. And there was like one occasion where I was in a hotel and this guy was just like getting super aggressive and was definitely drunk. And so I immediately like messaged my boss like I need to move hotels because he was also staying there.
0: Like a coworker?
1: No, no, no. Like, oh, just oh. a patron, and oh, and okay. he was staying at the hotel. So I'm like I don't want to see this guy again, and it just became a whole thing of like you have to submit and then get reimbursed er, and just even that little hassle of like I don't I don't want to just be alone when I'm traveling and feel and feel unsafe and then going to. I spent so much time in like Cheyenne, Wyoming, and in Lincoln, Nebraska, for whatever reason. But being a Latina woman in the middle of these like white ass towns alone was so wild. What
0: was what was that like?
1: They would just stare at you like you were an alien because they just they don't see people that. And again, I'm not like. In some instances, I understand that I can be white passing, but for white people I'm not white passing right like right, they're right, right, blonde right. blue-eyed like right. country people I that's not me at all right so it was just very uncomfortable or they would like question your motives or question your intelligence or just
0: like what what sort of times do you do you think your intelligence was questioned like what how what did people say
1: just a, a group of men like if I would go maybe sit at like the hotel lobby to work Or go to, like, a restaurant and maybe pull out my laptop. And it's like, oh, what are you working on, little girl? Things like that. Or just, like, oh, they actually trust you to do things on your own. Like, I remember hearing things like that. And just, like, what do you want me to do? Crack a smile, laugh at you, like, try to entertain you? Like, no, get away. Wow. So that also I I got really tired of.
0: And some of those instances go beyond just, like, that was awkward. No, I feel unsafe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that. Wow. It's fascinating, too, that, like, around that time, you started experimenting with this, like, creative side of you. And it's funny, because, you know how people be like, oh, my God, overnight success, right? Like, some <laughs> people would look at you creating content. Be like, she came out of nowhere. Girl, you've been shooting content since 2017.
1: Yeah, and And even- you said
0: you was like, within a minute? <laughs> you
1: built right. this. Yeah, and so it's it's funny you bring that up because going back to my comment earlier about my sisters and yes. the creativity and all of that, and so we would mess around with like the family camcorder back in the day and make some silly videos. But I would always tell myself, "Oh, my sisters are the creative ones. Like I'm more of a. I don't even know how I would describe myself. Like at that point, I was probably like the one that talks back, the rebel, that sort of thing. So I really never thought I was a creative person until I started pursuing videography. And I was just like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Like, I enjoy the process, and other people see my ability to make these videos.
0: Do you think? How do you think your creativity was received early on, though? Like at a young age, like, were you like, were you being compared to your sisters? And saying, oh, like, for
1: sure, because it's
0: you should focus on uh, you should focus on math. Like, let them do the creative stuff. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I. And creativity can mean so, ma- so many, so different, many things different things now. Yeah. But in, in my household, it was very much like drawing, painting, singing, mm. playing instruments. and
0: Like this idea of photography, and videography wasn't necessarily
1: like... Not, not even in the realm of possibilities at that age. Yeah. Mm. I think later on in like my high school years, for sure. But when we were you know early on defining the family dynamic and what our specific roles were, it was very much like the sisters do all of these creative things. And Anna just kind of, I was like a really good hostess. Like I loved, whenever we had people over, I would always like make sure everyone was taken care of and would, I would bake a lot. So I really enjoyed baking. But yeah, that wasn't never like a, oh, she's creative in this way.
0: And those are very like, let's call it traditional woman type of- (laughs) So
1: true, yeah. Type of role. Yeah.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah i'm seeing i'm
0: seeing the like connections into like who you are these days and like why
1: i know it's going know down, down this travel hole with you is so interesting because it's you don't really take time to like take inventory of mm-hmm. how the connections or i i probably should more but the connections between your experiences when you were younger and like how everything has turned out now but it's everything
0: it everything really is dictated is. from childhood it's really yeah. wild yeah Wait. So when did you did you get into tech at the same time when you started creating content?
1: Yeah. So well, creating I'll kind of, publishing
0: content rather because like you always been creating.
1: Yeah, I think the whole luck, the definition of luck, many people's definition of luck being like opportunity meets mm. preparation. So I had been making around one minute videos for different types of businesses, and I was terrified of being in front of the camera. Like absolutely terrified. I could not speak on camera. The second a camera was pulled out in front of me, I would shut down. I just, like, (laughs) lost any ability to do or say anything. So I was just like, okay, I can't be the voice of anything or anyone. That's fine. Then I started this series in Sacramento to highlight local businesses. Okay. And this is when IGTV launched. Do you remember that?
0: I was working at Facebook when it came out. I remember doing... I was in a sales conference and they premiered it and it was like, this is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: I was like, yes, this is my chance. Like, let me start posting videos. And so I would post to YouTube and I would post to IGTV. Okay. <laughs> <I didn't> do <laughs> No one cared about videos at that point. I would, the little like fun one minute promo videos that, and some of them are still on my page. Those were received well and they were just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, you're so good at editing. Like, make me a video. And so those did well, but the storytelling ones of me taking a video of someone else and having them tell their story and interviewing them. It kind of did well and it was well received, but not at all. Like people just weren't ready for short form video at that point. Okay. But that's like what I enjoyed. The thought of creating like a 30 minute YouTube video. I just, oh, I wanted to throw up.
0: Daunting. And so
1: when TikTok started and really blew up and when I moved to New York and I just out of boredom created a video, I was just like, I, I was ready for this. I was I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the quicker clips. I knew what worked. I knew how to like hold people's attention and pairing it with like a good song or whatever it was. And so that's sort of how it worked out and then it evolved into a bit more
0: But that must have been weird being like you're not necessarily in front of the camera but I like you're not you you're being in the public. Let's call it that. You're like more in the public.
1: Yeah. Is that weird? Oh, yeah. It's.
0: Was that weird when you first started posting?
1: Not at first, because I didn't have a lot of followers at first, so it was like.
0: Yeah. Nobody, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I I started publishing like Spanglish content, and it really was just to send it to my primas. And they loved it, and they were like, yes, make more. Like, this is a good way to keep up with your life and stay in touch with you, because they were still, or they still live in California, a lot of them. And so I would send it to them, and they just would like it and, and give me feedback. And I just kept going. And then eventually it turned into like a bigger audience. And I just tried out like speaking directly into the camera at that point because I was just much more used to recording myself even though I wasn't speaking into the camera. So I just said, let me try a few. At this point though, what also helped me was being, this was post pandemic or during the pandemic, having to switch to remote work and being on Zoom for so many times you view yourself on camera. So I was already used to that.
0: You just got, you, you were, you got comfortable seeing your face.
1: Yeah. So you and didn't, speaking. So you, you didn't
0: like your face before?
1: I guess not, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, we're so insecure about so many different things, but just seeing, you, you don't, you're not used to seeing what you look like when you speak because mm. you're not looking at yourself when you speak. Sure, sure, So that was a very foreign feeling. But once I was doing this all the time on a Zoom call with my team over and over and over, day after day, Yeah. For a year and a half at that point, I was like, oh, this is nothing. I'm used to this. So that was like another preparation that allowed me to start creating videos and not feel so awkward like I used to feel.
0: As you started blowing up, though, was it weird, though? Because you like you must get like your co-workers recognizing you like on TikTok oh God, and stuff I like that. I pray.
1: I still pray they don't recognize really? me. Yeah. Some like do. You're not
0: doing anything wild on there.
1: No, but it's I don't know. It's it's like you show what
0: you show a feet on there. <laughs>
1: no <laughs> No, but I do remember not for free, don't do
0: that for no, free no, 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 no never for free no
1: sign up to Pavel's OnlyFans <laughs> we'll do a collab, we'll do a collab oh, god.
0: <laughs> we'll interlock toes
1: <laughs> I
0: think the husband will, yeah, he'll be fine he'll be fine I'll do it with your husband, oh my god yeah, I'll do it with your husband you can take the shots
1: I'm in <laughs> I'll do like a really cool promo video one minute promo video <laughs> that's
0: disgusting disgusting promo video
1: Hey, there's a market for everything, okay? Don't yuck people's yums.
0: Ew. (laughs) don't yuck people's yums. I like that. I kind of like it. I kind of like toes. I don't know
1: much. (laughs) Um,
0: Wait, so but you're not doing anything bad on there. Like, what are you? No,
1: I'm not. I'm not. But
0: is is it back to that? Will people take me seriously? Kind of mindset.
1: Yeah, and I there was one girl, she worked in PR. I actually don't know if she's still with the company or not, but we, had, we went to like a global sales kickoff, and she looked at me and she said, you look so familiar. Have we met before? <laughs> Are you yes. sure we haven't met before? And I'm like, no, I don't know. I must have a familiar face. And then weeks later, she's like, oh, I actually duetted your video on TikTok. No way. And it was a video that I had posted early on about like, funny text texts a parent might send if they don't speak English really well and she she's Lebanese so she responded with like oh, yeah. text from her mom and I was just like okay you know I get it but it, it, I think having like a position of authority where you want people to take you seriously especially a teen that is not Latino or doesn't speak Spanglish for them to see those videos and be like oh she's actually just like Super playful or goofy, like I'm not gonna take her seriously anymore. I don't know, I'm there's still that fear in me.
0: Has anyone told you that?
1: Someone did bring up a video that ended up on their Instagram explore, but he kind of just brushed it off. It wasn't a big deal. What
0: I mean, maybe they didn't say that exactly, but like, what gave you the feeling that people may not take you as seriously?
1: Oh, you're in the hot seat. (laughs) Mm. It's the story I tell myself. That's it. That's the only answer I have. And maybe, and maybe, maybe I pass judgment on people who, no, but I take that back because the people, people in positions of power or people who I really respect, when they show that side of humanity and they show like their quirky side or they crack jokes, I respect them more. I'm like oh you're a real human like you have other interests you're not just married to this job or this title or so so why do you you put the pressure
0: on yourself to not give you that same level of grace
1: probably because I'm a woman and I work with a lot of men
0: (laughs) Mm. that's interesting though like you even said yourself you were like because I'm in a leadership role Mm -hmm. so I wonder if you let's put the call center example like if you were in the call center would you give yourself that much or no, it's like the more not. that you climb, do you put more pressure on yourself to like...
1: I think, yeah, the fit more... a certain... Or maybe even because I felt like tech was so far out of my reach for so long. Mm. And when I finally got it, it was like, you have to do whatever you can to like protect this. Especially now, where the landscape is very tumultuous. So I think the fear of... If you rock the boat even a little bit, whether it's by showing too much personality, or people maybe seeing my videos and being like, "Oh, you're you're so busy making videos that you're not going to focus on the role," like that's a that's a big fear. I think I've maybe that. more that more yeah. than like, "Oh, you're too funny," or you're too not too funny, but like you're like you you joke around too much. Like we're not going to take you seriously. So humble, I'm it too might be, funny. No,
0: I'm not, <laughs> that out. not, I'm not
1: that Like out. you're too goofy. <laughs> <laughs> We, we're not going to trust you You make anymore. us laugh
0: too much.
1: No. <laughs> no, not lately. No, but
0: that's a real thing, though. Like, I've gotten some of that feedback. Um, it's like, well, do you think you're allocating too much time to this, like, other thing? And I'm like, it takes, like, an hour out of my week. Like, relax, y'all. Yeah. I mean, whatever I was doing at that time. But when do you think your authenticity was met with some resistance?
1: Just ever or
0: At work recently? in particular. I mean, a more recent example would be helpful, but whatever.
1: I think... <laughs> so I've been, I've been really trying to, like, check myself in to not just go with the conversation just to, you know, appeal to everyone. And so I think it was last year after the Super Bowl. All these guys were like, oh, the Super Bowl, this and that. And I'm like... Did anyone watch Euphoria? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I didn't watch it. Did anyone watch Euphoria? Just dismissed them immediately because I don't care. I don't watch. I know you like football, I think, right?
0: No. Oh, you know, okay. funny. Enough, I don't really watch many. I don't watch any sports. I used to really like basketball growing up. I don't watch any sports. I love Euphoria.
1: Yeah, and it was just like crickets. And I'm like, OK, I have nothing to talk to you about. No but that's, one responded. But that's how
0: you feel when they say sports, though.
1: Yeah, but I should be able to, because they speak yeah. about sports every week.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Every single week, and they have that camaraderie already. So it's like, and if I introduce something new, I should be able to still have a conversation about what I like, but it was maybe not met with resistance, but it wasn't reciprocated. So it was just kind of like, all right, I'll keep playing this dumb game of pretending to care about sports. <laughs> sports ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I get that. I get that. It, but for so long cuz I don't cuz I would have done the opposite when I was working I would have been I would have studied the sport to be ready to talk and fake the conversation about this shit that I didn't care about because I feel like so many of us are so scared to stand out and not fit in but meanwhile like I think that's a very like healthy place that you're in right now where you're like not even trying to fit in
1: and I a lot of it to your is to give you credit thank you is these conversations yeah of of being able to talk about this openly and just checking ourselves constantly of is this true or is this a story that i'm telling myself and and even through tiktok as you know i spent a lot of time on tiktok (laughs) so if tiktok has taught me anything is that we do not have unique experiences so many people go through the same and just people don't talk about it and the second someone shares a very embarrassing story or a feeling or an opinion that may be controversial so many people support it, so many people are against it. Of course, that's just the world we live in. But it makes you feel so much less alone mm-hmm. and it gives you the freedom even if it is you're not you're a bit disconnected or it's virtual, like it gives you the freedom to be like if I feel this way, I can voice it and someone else is going to also feel this way. So like I might as well share what I feel and who I am and be authentic and yes. and give more of myself because it may be met with joy or it may open up a conversation the example that i'll give actually happened today i i joined a a conversation like a meet and greet and this woman was very white presenting and so she asked me oh how do you say your name is it anna anna like some people will ask me which is funny to me (laughs) it's not it's a very basic name and i I said, oh, my name is Ana Paola, which normally, you know, two, three years ago, I probably wouldn't have said that. But now I'm like, oh, my name is Ana Paola. I like it in Spanish, but when people try to say it in English, I don't like it. So I just prefer Anna because in English people try to say like Ana, Anna Paula. And I just, I'd rather not. So thank you for asking, but it's Anna. And she's like, oh, do you speak Spanish? And I, I told her that I did, that I was Mexican. And she's like, me too. So we, speak, we started speaking Spanish to each other. And I'm like, here I am, just assuming, I wasn't assuming the worst, it was just, oh, I'm having a conversation with someone. But I finally felt like showing a little side of me and talking a little bit about myself to open the door for her to also talk a little bit about herself. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, speaking in Spanish, we have very similar backgrounds, and hopefully this is the start of like a great working relationship. So
0: That's so funny, because when I walked into this coffee shop, the there was another barista here, but... They were like, oh, you know, writing my name down. They was like, what's your name? And I was like, Pavel. But I was like, sorry, Pavel. And she's like, oh, you speak Spanish. Like, where are you from? And it just started a conversation, a dialogue. Yeah. Instantly built a relationship. If I would have just said Pavel, I would have never built a relationship with that person.
1: Yeah, But that's so, so funny. Like,
0: when you said Ana Paola, it opened up the idea of like, wait, that has a little... Wait, Spanish? You speak Spanish? And it's... it's you would have never built that relationship or it would have took longer to build that relationship if you weren't yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I... Things like that continue to happen that remind me, okay, I need to just show up as myself, show a little bit more of who I am and not make assumptions of other people because you just, you never know. So instead of, one is accepting that not everyone is going to like you and they don't have to, they don't owe you anything. In the same way that you have the right to not like everyone, just accept that not everyone's gonna like you and it's fine, but Mm -hmm. that shouldn't hold you back from like being yourself and showing more of yourself and, Speaking about the things that excite you or entertain you or bring you joy.
0: I love that. And I love the example you said about TikTok. Like, that's such a healthy takeaway from TikTok. <laughs> I know.
1: It's, trust me, there's a lot of garbage <laughs> on there. But I do love, I think. That is the healthiest takeaway <laughs> I've
0: ever heard from a social media app. I do think it's so TikTok true, has helped
1: us in, as a collective in that way.
0: Yeah, but not. Nah, I, I say that all the time. It's like one of the most powerful things you could do is just let somebody know that they're not alone because yes. when you when you think you're alone you feel like you're the problem or you feel like you're crazy Yeah. and that normalizes so many things um, that's so dope well to close because we're almost at the hour um, what's the one thing that continues to inspire you to continue being your most authentic self the
1: one thing oh I don't know if I have one thing but something that immediately popped into my mind is just our community I think mm. I think back to when I started working or just growing up and not having great examples of the type of life that I wanted to live. Not just in entertainment, because, you know, Taylor's all this time, like, oh, I didn't see myself growing up on TV. Not just that, it's just, I didn't see people that lived the life that I wanted to live. And so I think about our future generation or our current generation and how they truly have examples of every lifestyle People that look like them everywhere, they don't have the fear that we did of like, play it small, keep quiet, don't rock the boat, because you never know what's gonna happen. I love that we are now part of that, what they can look up to and see like, look, is doing, building his own business, and he's open to talking about like, pulling out his 401k, and it isn't coming from the scarcity mindset of, operate out of fear because uno nunca sabe, And I I just, I love, that's what continues to inspire me of let's make sure that the next generation doesn't feel like how we felt growing up because look how much we've been able to do and how much more they'll be able to do to like really move the needle forward for our people and others. And you're
0: setting the example too, that like you don't have to settle for the lifestyle or the life that people dreamed of for you. Yeah. Like you get to live your own dreams.
1: Yeah,
0: live love life that. your way. I love that. Take let's what go. you want and leave the rest. I love it. Mijende, that wraps up another episode of the it is podcast. Do us a favor. If you enjoy what you heard, like, share, comment, wherever you're listening, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a rating and review. Your engagement is going to help ensure that these stories get heard by as many people as possible. Because let's face it, that's the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you. See you next time.